Hello and welcome to Storehouse 7 Ministries with me, Chris Wickland, carrying on today with a book of Revelation. We're at chapter 18 and we shall conclude, hopefully, chapter 18 today as well. So this is part two of chapter 18. So we're going to look at um, Revelation 18 verses 9 to 10. And I'll just read this to us. And it says, And the kings of the earth, who committed acts of immorality and lived sensuously with her, will weep and lament over her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance because of the fear of her torment, saying, Woe, woe, the great city Babylon, the strong city, for in one hour your judgment has come. Now here we see a picture of the world, kings, leaders and merchants looking at the destruction of Babylon with great mourning and sadness. These leaders loved her goods, her wealth, her luxury and her immorality, but now they look on in horror as they see Babylon burning. Interestingly, they give no thought to themselves or their own wickedness, only at the loss of wealth, sin and debauchery. Clearly, deep dark sin is so normalised in this hour that the unbelieving world have no remorse or repentance from their own wicked ways. They are so hard-hearted because of sin that they no longer seem to be capable of knowing right from wrong. They are utterly sold over to wickedness. In Ezekiel 26, we have a similar judgment pronounced over the ancient land of Tyre, i.e. modern-day Lebanon. This is verses 17 to 18. It says, They will take up a lamentation over you and say to you, How you have perished, O inhabited one, from the seas, O renowned city, which was mighty on the sea, she and all her inhabitants, who imposed her terror on all her inhabitants. Now the coastlands will tremble on the day of your fall. Yes, the coastlands which are by the sea will be terrified at your passing. Now to get a more graphic picture, please feel free to read chapters 26 and 27 in Ezekiel regarding the lament over Tyre and compare that to the lament of uh, Revelation chapter 18. In verse 10 of Revelation, Revelation 18, it states, Woe, woe, the great city, Babylon, the strong city, for in one hour your judgment has come. Now we need to recognise something here. Firstly, Babylon is called the great city. Now remember, I said that Revelation is a tale of two cities, Jerusalem and Babylon. And these two cities are actual cities in a real geographical location. But they also both represent power and influence and also spiritual kingdoms. Jerusalem represents God's people, God's kingdom and God's dominion. Babylon represents Satan's people, Satan's empire and Satan's attempt at dominion upon the earth. Babylon, although representing an evil spiritual kingdom, is also centred in an actual city, just as the Roman Empire's heart was from the city of Rome for, of itself. So, you know, so Rome, the Babylonian, sorry, the Roman Empire actually starts and the epicentre of that empire was the city of Rome itself and therefore it stands to reason, I guess, if that's true of Rome, it will be true of Babylon as well. Now we can see in verse 10 that Babylon is destroyed in a single hour. Now here we need to be cautious of how we interpret this. The term hour does not necessarily imply a total destruction in under 60 minutes, although that's possible. Rather, I, I think it denotes a rapid uh, rapidity to the destruction of Babylon. 
So we could also surmise from Daniel's 70 weeks prophecy that a day equals one year and that an hour therefore equals two weeks. So remember Daniel's 70 weeks prophecies, uh, prophecy and we come into the last seven days of that prophecy which is the seven year tribulation. So hence where I'm getting the idea of what a day equals one year and then for if you subdivide that into an hour, an hour equals two weeks. Now, this may, of course, be stretching the scriptures a bit here. However, the time period of one hour is, I think, less about 60 minutes, but rather it is a turn of phrase for a very short period of time. Revelation 18:11, And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. You'll notice from this verse that the merchants are not so much mourning the destruction of Babylon, rather the loss of trade and profits because of Babylon's destruction. It is interesting to note the kind of cargo which the traders traded in, and we get a glimpse of such treasures from verses 12 and 13, which reads, Cargoes of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet in every kind of citron wood, in every article of ivory, in every article made from very costly wood and bronze and iron and marble and cinnamon and spice and incense and perfume and frankincense and wine and olive oil and fine flour and wheat and cattle and sheep and cargoes of horses and chariots and slaves and human lives. It's probably good to pause here and reflect for a moment on the subtle differences between chapter 17 and 18. Obviously, the original Greek does not have chapter breaks, yet it is clear that there are two distinct halves of the Babylonian dirge and lamentation. So we, we see in chapter 17, which is the first half of the dirge, it's really about the mystery of Babylon, which is often identified you know, as a woman who is a whore, and she is guilty of abominations which seem religious in nature. So chapter 17 is about the religious systems of Babylon, and chapter 18 is more about the commercial systems of Babylon. Now this this time the descriptions are slightly different in, in this chapter, chapter 18. Instead of a hall, we have a great city. And this city is inhabited and is a marketplace of the world. It's, but it's also a place of licentiousness, greed and corruption. This literal Babylonian city may possibly be built by the Euphrates River in modern day Iraq. But we cannot be sure, as the scriptures do not specifically say, but all the Old Testament passages regarding Babylon are referring to an actual physical kingdom and geographical location. So going back to verse 13 of Revelation 18, it's interesting to note that human trafficking becomes the norm again. This is a horrifying normality of the Antichrist system. These men and women will no doubt be used for prostitution, pornography and slave labour. It is utterly repugnant that this will be normalised in the days to come. Revelation 18 verses 14 to 19. The fruit you long for has gone from you, and all things that were luxurious and splendid have passed away from you, and men will no longer find them. The merchants of these things who became rich from her will stand at a distance because of the fear of her torment weeping and mourning, saying, Woe, woe, the great city, 
she who was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour such great wealth has been laid waste. And every shipmaster and every passenger and sailor and as many as made their living day by, by the sea stood at a distance, as many as make their living by the sea stood at a distance and were crying and as they saw the smoke of her burning saying what city is like the great city and they threw dust on their heads and were crying out weeping and mourning saying woe woe the great city in which all the ships at sea became rich by her wealth for in one hour she has been laid waste in these verses the lament continues in a similar vein of verses 9 onwards so the lament is over the destruction of Babylon, her power, so-called beauty, prestige and wealth. But the wealth and power of the Babylonian city and her systems, remember, is an aberration against God and his holy city of Jerusalem. For in the end of days, Jerusalem will be the financial capital of the world, not Babylon. Jerusalem will be the city in which King Jesus will reside and rule the nations, not Babylon. Isaiah 66, 12, for this is what the Lord says, I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. This is referring to, to Jerusalem. Isaiah 60, verse 5, then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you, to you, the riches of the nations. So at the end of days, the wealth of the nations will come to Jerusalem and will not flow to Babylon. As I've already stated before, the, the latter half of Revelation is really a tale of two cities, Babylon the Great and Jerusalem the Beautiful City. Babylon will thrive, but only for a short time. But Jerusalem the Beautiful City will reign for a thousand years until a new heaven and a new earth is made. Revelation 18 verse 20, rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, because God has pronounced judgment for you against her. Here the lament shifts into a movement of praise. The people of God are encouraged to rejoice over Babylon's fallen destruction. The reference to apostles and prophets is probably not referring to actual prophets and apostles being alive at the time of Babylon's destruction, although it could be. Uh, rather, it's more likely to be the Old Testament prophets and the original 12 apostles now in heaven, uh, although as I said before, it might not be because there is actually a, a verse in there is a verse in verse 24 which states prophets in that city as well. So it's probably a bit of both because remember the Christian faith is founded on the apostles and the prophets of which Christ is the cornerstone. Uh, we get that from Ephesians 2, 19 to 20, which says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. The last section of Revelation 18.20 is beautifully put. God has pronounced judgment for you against her. This is an interesting verse because God's judgment here is not just about God and his justice being executed. God here has poured out his wrath as a gift of kindness towards his people. This therefore shows us both the severity of God and his loving faithful kindness. Romans 11:22 says, consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God, 
sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness, otherwise you will also be cut off. Here in Revelation, we see this verse from Romans being worked out. God's sternness towards Babylon and all who follow in her ways, yet to his people, faithful, tender kindness. Verse 21, then a strong angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, so will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will not be found any longer. Here we have reference to a millstone. Now, millstones in biblical times were made from very strong rock and thus very heavy rock. Millstones ground wheat and they separated the husk from the kernel. However, it's not the first time that such a stone has been used as a metaphor of God's judgment in scripture. Can you remember where else it's been used? The answer is Mark 9:42. Jesus warns, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into sea or into the sea. This metaphor of Jesus is now used literally in Revelation as a strong angel throws a huge millstone into the sea, using it to illustrate the severity and finality of God's overthrowing judgment upon Babylon. This judgment is so thorough and so complete that Babylon and her systems will be gone forever and will be forever forgotten. Praise the Lord. Verse 22. And the sound of harpists and musicians and flute players and trumpeters will not be heard in you any longer and no craftsman of any craft will be found in you any longer and the sound of the mill will not be heard in you any longer. This is an interesting verse as there are three significant things being mentioned here. Firstly, the sound of musical instruments will be, which I believe will be primarily linked with the religious aspect of the beast system. This music, no doubt, was for uh, praise and worship to the beast. Now you may think this is a strange concept, but don't forget under a different beast system, the same thing happened before. So in the book of Daniel, it states clearly that when music was heard throughout the land of Babylon, the people were to all fall down and worship the huge statue of King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, you can see that in Jan Daniel chapter 3 verses 1 to 7. The second aspect mentioned in verse 22 is referring to tradesmen and their guilds. This would be God's judgment against the beast's economic system and likely again linked with the religion of the beast system. And the third aspect mentioned is none other than a great mill or a giant mill of which the angel threw the millstone into the sea previously in verse 21. This mill, this mill will represent bread and food, but again is likely linked with pagan worship of the beast with oil, wine and grain offerings. For more on that, see Exodus 29 verse 40, Exodus 30 verse 9, Jeremiah 44 verses 17 to 19. So it would seem that verse 22 is the final death blow to Babylon's religious system. It would seem that Babylon had become the earth's satanic pilgrimage center where the nations would come to pay homage to the beast and to his system. Revelation 18, 23, and the light of a lamp will not shine in you any longer and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride will not be heard in you any longer for your merchants 
were the great men of the earth because all nations were deceived by your sorcery. The reference to a lamp shining, I think here is another metaphor depicting that not even a single soul will inhabit Babylon after its destruction. There will be no marriages held there any longer. Again, this is linked in with the false religious system of Babylon. As the church traditionally married people, so will the religious church of Babylon. But the system will be utterly smashed and destroyed forever so that there will be no more marriages or these kind of festivals held within her anymore. Your merchants became great men of the earth. The commerce and financial side of the Babylonian system made the merchants great and men of renown because of the sheer amount of wealth. These merchants enticed many to join the beast system so that they too could become wealthy. As long as they subscribed to the beast and his 666 system, i.e. the religious system, the political system and the financial system. Verse 24, and in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who had been slain on the earth. The whore of Babylon drunk, as I said before, a perverse Eucharistic cup, not of the blood of Christ, but of the blood of the martyrs. Remember Revelation 17, 6, it says, and I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. These people who were martyred were likely ritualistically killed with people drinking their blood in a perverse satanic communion ritual similar to the Eucharistic communion we take in our churches today. Remember, Satan copies the true, then perverts it into an abomination. Well, finally, this now concludes the judgment and lament over the whore of Babylon and her wicked and cruel systems. God's judgment has been meted out in the natural but then will continue on for eternity in the spirit, spiritual. What do I mean by that? Those people that were destroyed and all of the systems of Babylon, well, obviously those that followed in those systems will then incur greater judgment when they die and go to hell and are punished for all eternity as well. So this judgment which has come upon the earth is a temporal judgment in one sense, but it will ultimately lead to an eternal judgment. God is always good. God is always faithful and God is always just. God bless you and see you again next time. Bye-bye.